Thundergrunt Podcast Network. Little oysters, little oysters. But answer there came none, for they'd been eaten, every one. The time has come. Curioso. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. I hate fish, but it, Trey Anastasio and Les Claypool did like a side project together. Okay, that sounds and good. It, it was called Oysterhead, and it, it was they had a couple songs that were decent. Okay, I like to think it's because of Les Claypool's It influence. usually is, yeah. <laughs> and not so much Trey Anastasio. Can we, can we just say this for the cast, please? Uh, oh, we're sorry. recording. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize. Tricky bastard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky bastards. <laughs> It's just like shucks, Dana. just like Nerdist. We're just stumbling into it now. Oh <laughs> we just some start. Warning next time. No, we're just going to start the episode right now. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, I brought my oyster knife. Uh, Let me like see that? that. It's okay. So it's not sharp. Mm-hmm. It's rather wiggly. Oh and, yeah, and rusty. I don't yeah, believe it's I think, supposed to be wiggly. I don't think it's supposed I, I to be wiggly. I think it's because either. it's because it was like my grandfather's and his grandfather's before him, and his, it's just been in my family. And no one's like, tightened it up. No one's tightened it up. No, or I've, actually cleaned it. No, I've had that oyster knife forever, <laughs> and we use it for like crabs. <laughs> it was that I had that oyster knife under my pillow. Maybe that's why I couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> that oyster knife was like an oyster knife to me. So also, you'll notice that with the oyster knife, it has a great big, like, heavy handle. It's not very so, heavy, but it's it's palm palmy. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it but uh, you can hold it by the blade uh-huh. and use that as like a crab cracker. So if oh. you're cracking claws, you can just kind of. I'm, I'm willing to bet that that's not what it's supposed to be used for. I didn't say it was. Okay. I just said that's what we, so that's we what use it you for guys in my family. Okay. Is that why it's uh, why like a, the the pommel is all cracked? It's cracked. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> you guys misuse the tool. Yeah. I'm gonna hit this crab <laughs> with this thing that you're not supposed to hit but it, it with. You know, a, a, a typical <laughs> oyster knife is not thick. Or, I mean, it, it is thick. Rather, it's a very thick knife. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but it's not very sharp. No, no. This is not supposed to be. I mean, this looks like it was probably hand sanded. Oh, oh, no, you know? it's because I sanded it. Oh, you sanded Why didn't you clean it? I did, a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm seriously, I, I might get tetanus from this. Yeah, no, it's cool. You've had your you shots. You lock jaw. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's possible, but I don't, well, I don't think so. I, just, um, I, I prefer just to get diarrhea from, from the oysters. Yeah, or the gout, <laughs> not tetanus. I took my gout <laughs> pill earlier today, so I specifically will not get gout. So, But, um, but we it, are here. Mm-hmm. To talk about oysters, people. And we've had this idea. What do, Are we on our third year now? Almost. Almost so Almost. third year, years next year or whatever. So, um, but uh, basically, I think we've wanted to do this episode since we started. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, kept on pushing it back and kept on pushing it back. Because oysters are so bizarre. Yeah. So they're so they're, they're they have this uh, crazy shell exoskeleton thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just a slimy, gooey mess that lives inside of a shell. Yeah, bottom feeding mud suckers or a lawyer. 
Wait, that's the did, joke, did, right? Did that's you write joke. that today? No. Is that, did you, is that, are you <laughs> responsible for that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have a lovely guest today. We do. Hi, uh, guys. Welcome, Dana May Valida Scarborough, mm-hmm. uh, my lovely wife. She decided to come out because... Uh, Dana has taken biology classes and knows about oysters. Didn't you have to dissect one? Zoology. That's yes. what I said. Uh, <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, I believe we did. You took a... Dissect uh, an oyster. An oyster biology class. It wasn't an oyster biology class. Is that not a thing? No, zoology. That's, but th- isn't that biology for zoos? <laughs> no, no, it's about the classification of different species. Oh, okay. All right. Well, either way, um, so the point is so you, you can know. Di- you could dissect an entire zoo now. I we had to dissect a, we had to dissect an earthworm, uh, a baby pig, mm, a, fetal a pig. blue crab, a starfish. Nice. Um, a number of things. So we got to do really fun experiments with leeches. Did you get to eat everything when you were done? <laughs> But yes, it sounds like it's a, delicious. Lot of, a lot of uh, aquatic a- animals. Yeah, I think they're maybe easier to get yeah. a hold of. <laughs> Probably, like, but, but also, no, they did have full baby pigs. Oh yeah, well I did like, that in high school. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah in high and school. when I had to do that in high school, it was right before <laughs> lunch, and I had formaldehyde all over my hands, even though I wore like two pairs of well, gloves. They actually they don't use formaldehyde anymore. Okay, anymore. well, yeah, it's been a long maybe I'm time. dating yes. myself. Uh, but the stuff they do use smells horrible. It is awful, and it, it would and disgusting. the stuff would stay on my fingers. And it'll make you break out in the hives. It wasn't really even like the grossness anyway. of like having to cut stuff open and all that, which did, was kind of gross too, but. But the fact that like the smell would just stay on my hands, mm-hmm. I could not eat. I would like I would literally have to be like, I would have to go find a friend and have him feed me. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I mean, him or her feed me. You know, I'm like. We got to do really fun experiments with leeches, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just nice. to add that. But leeches are not leeches what we're talking about. That's a totally different episode, Dana. That's for I, the leech episode, I, Dana. I would like to specialize in leeches if uh-huh. that's possible. <laughs> Oh. I love them. But uh, we're here to talk about oysters. And um, so there's, I mean, there's uh, there's so much to talk about and a lot that we're going to get through today. But um, I guess I figured let's uh, let's kind of get into what an oyster is and what it does. It's a bivalve. And what is a bivalve? It it, that's That's in your heart, right? No. <laughs> How much um, does it cost to buy a valve, Vanna? Oh, Joe's Joe's taking my place with the bad jokes today. What's slightly, going on with that? Slightly painful, Joe. It hurts a little. All right. Well, I've just poured you guys a pearl necklace. Oh yeah, hey, this is actually dog. this is my favorite flying dog um, beer, and it's a, a pearl necklace oyster stout. And I wanted to get into that a little bit later, but oh, um, just just to start, I yeah. thought it'd be nice to have, you know. If we have oysters in the brain, we have some oysters in our belly. Uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, what's really cool about the pearl necklace oyster stout is they put a pound of oysters in every single barrel, mm. like straight up oysters. So they're in the kingdom of the animalia. Yeah, they're animals. <laughs> Phylum, mollusca. Mollusks. Yes. Class bivalvia. I know yes, exactly where that is. <laughs> <laughs> It's in your throat, right? Yeah. I thought it was a heart uh, thing. Oh, your yeah. Vowel, you get heart replaced valve? with a, a pig pig version of your bivalvia. 
Is it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. I, I don't know. Obviously, I must be wrong. <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> Sorry. So there's, what, over 150 species of oysters? But they all stem from, I believe it's four or five distinct families. And all of those are like branches off of that. Yeah. Well, honestly, that's that's probably how most most animals, I mean, that's how classification works for pretty much everything, though. Right, right. You know? But you have the Pacific oyster, or the Japanese oyster, the uh, Kumamato oyster, the European flat oyster, the Atlantic oyster, and the Olympia oyster. So pretty much those are your main... Those, I, I believe, I read, are the ones that are typically eaten. Which ones? Which oh, ones? all of the ones that he just the mentioned? The five. Yeah. 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 No, that's they're, what they're called, like, the true oysters, because right. they're the ones that people eat. That people eat more often yeah. than the, I mean, there, yeah. are, there are other ones, like... I have it list too right now. Yeah, like... Um, Thorny oysters or spiny oysters, saddle oysters, um, and of course pearl oysters that are specific, like that's kind of what they do. Yeah, and I, I looked it up because I wrote down the actual like species names. Oh, okay. Um, Go for it. Okay. So the eastern oyster is Crassostria virginica. Uh, the Pacific one is Crassostria gigas. Giggity gigas. <laughs> Kumamoto is Crassostria sicamia. Um, and then this is what got me is the last two are Ossostria. So I was kind of trying to look at the difference between Crassostria and Austria. Okay. It seems to be Crassostria means cupped oyster. So I'm guessing it's sort of the sh- a the, variation the of the shape. structure of the shell. Right. Yeah. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And, like, with with all, not all, but a lot of the um, immobile mollusks, their their shells are made from protein. Calcium bicarbonate? No, it's protein and calcium, which is a combination, and it's called necra. Necra, yeah, we were... Yeah, yeah. Pearls. We watched a, a, a so video about necra, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, so that that is kind of. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but the mm-hmm. whole way like a pearl is made, mm-hmm. uh, you have like a little piece of, you know, could be a piece of food or sand, sand or shell bit, yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it, so it, it gets stuck into the oyster, mm-hmm. and then you have the necra on the inside, which is typically look, you know, or it's necra is sometimes called mother of pearl. Yes. As well, mm. so it's got this really pretty, you know, look to it. Um, the like stuff an oily the, sheen look. Yeah, exactly. Like Charlie sheen, mm-hmm. oily sheen. So the the necra is uh, is is the, it's the same exact thing on the outside of the oyster as it is on the inside. But yeah. The, but the outside it's just a lot crustier because it also has like all just the, you know, dirt, silt, all the stuff from well, the bottom you, of the. Uh, did we mention the fact that oysters live in the? Uh, in the, in, the, in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> no, they come out of the out of the trees. I think most people should know that. The tree you know I mean? There's no oyster bush. But after I had that roommate that thought there were pepperoni trees, you know what <laughs> you I mean? Never you never know. know. As the pepperoni is leaves, I figured, you know, <laughs> we should let people know that. Um, right. They're so. usually found in, what, saltwater, right? Yeah. Saltwater environments. There, there are some, well, other bivalves that aren't necessarily oysters. But, but not oysters, yes. We'll save that. We'll save exactly. That 
Those, are, like those are different. Cockles. Yeah. Zebra mussels. Clams, cockles. There are other clams. mollusks, yeah. you know, bivalved uh, creatures that live in freshwater. Um, but the Erster is a majority saltwater, saltwater. and it's a temperate climate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so, so you want to, and that's that's because of spawning, right? Yes. So you want to have like a cold time and mm-hmm. a warm time, and that kind of. I, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. We were just talking about pearls, but... Well, this is all the biology of the oyster. Yeah. You know, so we're going down the line, how they do what, where they live, mm-hmm. what they're made out of. Yeah. So we're just we're going down the line. We're yeah. fine. Well, the, the uh, you know, during like the hotter time is when they like to, uh, they like to spawn. So when it gets hotter, that's when they create the oyster spat. Mm-hmm. So you have, uh, what is it, the, the male oyster shoots the spat, or I'm sorry, the female oyster shoots the spat out, mm-hmm. and the male shoots the sperm out, and then they kind of land all over each other, mm-hmm. and then they make their mm-hmm. own shell, and oh, they make nice. new oysters. So, yeah, and that's, that. I mean, it's it's kind of, I don't know, I always thought it was really funny, like oyster spat, mm-hmm. you know? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, but, and but that's what it is. That's what it's called. Some of the species are hermaphroditic. Mm-hmm. Well, um, another thing is... I know, I know you said they live mostly in salt water, but they actually also need fresh water mm-hmm. to an extent. It has to do something with their breeding patterns with reproduction, where I believe that they'll, they'll almost sort of travel to like the less, the lower salinity areas. Like that's why you'll have oysters and estuaries in places like the bay where salt water and fresh water meet. Yeah. Yeah, um, because they need that difference in salinity to, mm-hmm. to be able to reproduce properly. Okay. So you're not going to go out like in the middle mm-hmm. of the Atlantic and find an oyster anywhere there. That's so. what I'm saying. Like, but that's, it's there is salt water involved. Yeah. They usually live near Absolutely. shorelines. Mm-hmm. But that's, know. I mean, also with crabs is the same thing. Um, you know, the, our blue crab that we have in the Chesapeake Bay, mm-hmm. the reason why they're a- able to be in the Chesapeake Bay is because... because yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing with oysters. Everything, it's all overfished, but... Um, you have a lot of, you know, uh, you have the fresh water that comes down from the tri- tributaries, mm-hmm. and then you have the salt water coming in from the ocean, and that mix, that lower salinity, it's just like how on Earth, where we can be here because yeah, it's, it's you know, our ecosystem. The Goldilocks zone. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing for, yeah. It's the same exact thing for crabs and oysters. Yeah, and there's also the other, other side of that where their main food source is plankton, um, and other plant materials that float around, because they're they're bottom feeders basically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But well, the other thing is too is like we we talked about they don't move, right? So it's not like they're little hermit crabs and they carry around their shells. They are in their shells. They open them up just a little bit slightly to be able to suck in water. Basically, they're what what are they called? Feed, feeder filters. Yeah, uh, filter feeders. And actually, their spat the spat is so small that it can move. It's almost like sort of oyster larva. Yeah, um, but it yeah it's that can travel, but what it needs is um, a larger like adult sized shell to be able to latch onto to grow. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and, and that's why they have uh, oyster beds, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. um, it needs a it needs an actual like other oyster shell to be able to latch onto to create itself. Right. So once it creates it, they you know they they're all kind of stuck together in a bed. So all one like. Uh, symbiotic organism together. A community. You know what I mean? yeah. A community, yeah. 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 Okay. It's kind of like cookie-cutter houses. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're all right next to each other. They all mow their lawn on Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so a filter feeder, do you want to describe that, Dana? Um, yeah. They basically suck sediment uh, as far as plankton out of the water. And I know oysters typically can filter something like 50 gallons of water in a day. Yeah, it's like 10 liters. It's a lot of water yeah. to filter. I mean, crystal clear mm-hmm. filter that water out. Yeah. Uh, sort of sediment and plankton and probably a number of other things. Yeah, and I mean, due to lots of more modern pollutions and stuff, you, you will find smaller and smaller amounts doing that job at yeah, a less... Yeah, which I think is sort of why the bay is in such a, a horrible state condition. Of yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because you have farms that use an excess amount of nitrogen and phosphorus as fertilizer. Um, when it rains, the runoff travels directly to the bay. So where you would normally have like a large food source for oysters, you don't have enough to eat at all. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, there's companies that are trying to bring that back. Like uh, I found out about like this company called like Oyster King One, where basically they make, um, they, they will basically have a bed of oysters and they will put it uh, in, in a it's just like oyster farmers, right? right? So mainly, like 95% of the oysters that, that you get are are from oyster farms. Mm-hmm. So it's just like raising, you know, you know, farming, uh, you know, any kind of other animal or or you know it's or aquaculture vegetable. Yeah, they, they aquaculture. It's called aquaculture. Yeah, I, know, I, just, I just like it. It's very, <laughs> it's very so funny. They, fancy. Yeah, they basically have these big bags you know that you know the water can flow through and everything and they'll like oyster king one specifically they will like put them underneath of your pier you pay for it to i be believe put underneath that, your pier which i'm glad you mentioned them because i i believe that um you get a really awesome in the state of maryland tax credit for purchasing one of them where you basically get all of your money back that you paid for it yeah yeah, oh, nice. so that's something to look into. Yeah, help revitalize. Yeah, it gives people an incentive to actually do something that's going to help the bay, also. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They basically put like a big, you know, box underneath of there, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it's all filled with oysters, and they just create create more oysters, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just goes underneath your pier because you don't go underneath your pier. Nobody goes underneath your pier. You the help. only thing that goes under there is crabs. <laughs> You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you put that there, and it helps filter out the water that's, that's you know, that's right there. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, they're just really helpful to, to keeping the, you know, the water fresh, especially in the Chesapeake Bay, but, you know, all over. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and what, so what were you saying about, like, the, the bay being, like, clear, Dana? Oh, I know you yeah. always talk about this. I wish I could remember. I, I know there are authors that wrote stories about the Bay from, like, the early 1900s, probably as early as the 1800s to the early 1900s, about just a, accounts of the condition of the Bay and what it looked like. Because, you know, for new people that were going there for the first time, I guess they kept record. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, um, and, yeah, apparently the water was crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? I mean, like, to the bottom. I mean, you can't see like a foot in front of you. Like if oh, you yeah. put your hand and foot down in that water, you can't see it. Yeah, it's awful. You know, it's but hobos close shape. by, and, I, and I'm sure that's happened at some probably. point. Probably there, there were literally like uh, oyster beds that were so large mm-hmm. that they would peak the top of the water. Yeah, oysters. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, they would actually mm-hmm. come so. up above the water, and it. They've just been overfished so much that you know it's just not like that anymore. Yeah, you know? in in New York. Uh, actually, Manhattan during the 17th century, the islands, that, that little area, 
covered, riddled. It was the probably the single largest producer of natural wild oysters. They just loved it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of the overfishing, you could, you know, you had um, oyster carts on the street. You had oyster bars, oyster saloons, basically oyster shells everywhere, like peanuts at a steak shop, yeah. a steak, you know, steakhouse thing. Is that is that a normal thing? What to have peanuts? I don't at, know. Okay, I'm, just, I'm not a big. Steak I don't know if anybody guy. listening to this is going to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So apparently, in steak houses, mm-hmm. people throw <laughs> peanuts on the floor. Yeah, and I've never understood that. Why that's like okay? I, don't I think it's like a roadhouse bar. You know, like eat your peanuts and you just toss them on the damn floor. You peanuts know what I mean? aren't, aren't very manly. No, peanuts are I don't feel so intimidated manly. by are peanuts. They manly? They're all are they? salty and manly. Yeah. Okay. Oh. They're kind of dainty. I don't think so. And they no, look like what testicles. A fragile shell. And they look like little testicles. Can we not talk about that right now? <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's what used to happen in Manhattan with the oysters. Mm-hmm. You'd see piles and piles of just shells yeah. everywhere. Well, one of the things too is that you know people would pay, like. Uh, so you think about gravel roads, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went down to Florida, what they have Florida. a lot of is uh, is coral. They have coral all over the place. Yes. You know that it, that's just you know. So they'll dig up you know, a uh, basement for a house or something. And, it, you know, um, when they do, you know, you just pull up a whole bunch of curl, coral. Mm-hmm. So what do they do with it? They, you know, grind it up and they put it all over the roads like a gravel road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Driveways, stuff like that. And, um, you know, back uh, Mountain Road, which is the main road uh, over in Pasadena, you know, where I grew up and where I'm living right now, mm-hmm. you, uh, which is just outside of Baltimore, the main road, which was Mountain Road, that would take you all the way down to the the little peninsula, was completely oyster shells. That hmm. was what the road was paved with. Yeah, I think people so, still do that in their driveways. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, the, now the thing is that we didn't really know exactly how oysters worked, or we didn't care. You know, that we knew that oysters had to spawn on other shells. But right. now that we know that, you know, instead of taking them out of the ocean, we probably should have been throwing them back the whole time, so yeah. that they had a place to, mm-hmm. you know, for the spat to go. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that people talk about. You know, I believe like. Over in California, like people <clears throat> take and they can they can go and they, you know, shuck the oysters, but they have to do it literally on the beach. Oh yeah, and then toss the shell back. Can toss I, the shell back um, in. Like, yeah. Can I mention something for anyone that might be local in sure. Maryland, Glen Burnie, Pasadena area? Mm-hmm. There is a standalone Starbucks uh, on Ritchie Highway mm-hmm. in Sabrina Park. Yeah. And it's actually a, a shell collection site. Yeah. So if you purchase oysters and you happen to have the shells left over, you can drop them off there and the Chesapeake Bay Foundation will take them and put them back in the bay. Yeah, it's uh, That's awesome. Two or three, yeah, yeah, two or three bins right by the drive-in or mm-hmm. the drive-through area. Right. That yeah, you take your bucket of oyster shells and you dump them in this bin mm-hmm. and then once a week they come pick them up. They'll come collect them and put them back. God, they got stink by the end of the week. Yeah, but you're in your car with the window open. Yeah. No, um, I mean like for the people who are outside like Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you can also in that same Starbucks, that same little area, uh, there's a plaque on one of the man-made oyster balls. Have you seen those? They're made out no. of concrete. And they look like a half an egg with a bunch of holes in it. You know, and they're made out of concrete. And basically they take that, very much like the bag thing you t- you're talking about, uh-huh. and they take that and put it wherever you want, and the you know, oysters will kind of 
that's like a habitat. Yeah, you know I mean, it's a man-made oysters. habitat, but it keeps them protected because the concrete shape and everything, these little holes, so it builds up kind of like a coral reef. Yeah, you know, so it's just really yeah, neat. but it's like an oyster yeah, reef. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I hear that oysters are an aphrodisiac. Are they? I don't believe myth? it. See, I don't, I don't believe it either. <laughs> it's actually, so I found a few, found a few case studies. Uh-huh. So apparently some of the amino acids that are in the oysters can stimulate a sex drive okay. uh, in, in humans. Um, it, it is possible. Right. But well, it's not, I mean, it's, it's. It's a maybe and a I, what if. Yeah. I would think it would be like a really minimal effect, if any. Well, the, here's, here's the thing that I found. So they do carry a lot of zinc, okay, which is pretty good for uh, for energy, right? You know, so it can kind of boost your, you know, like like caffeine. You know? Oh, it uh, that boosts your immune system too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. zinc is one of the best things to take. You 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 take like a big dose of zinc as soon as you're getting sick. Right. Right. So exactly. oyster, uh, not forget the chicken soup. Oyster stew. Mm-hmm. As soon as you're getting yeah. sick, that's what you should have. And with that uh, boost of zinc, apparently it can also help with acne, rashes, and help with your, your bones. Mm-hmm. So there are some, you know, uh, benefits to eating these little guys. Well, there's also, it's, they don't have any fat, basically. True. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's they're really high much, in protein. Yeah. yeah. They're like super duper protein, you know? Mm-hmm. So so when you're uh, working out, forget uh, eating a raw egg. Eat yeah. a raw oyster. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things that I found said that it, it is almost scientifically the perfect food. Mm-hmm. Not the, per- but a perfect food. Right. Yeah. Right amount of proteins, right amount of minerals, and, and it help stave off scurvy it might give you a boner you know like it has all these these really good things for you so besides the the protein the carbohydrates the lipids the national heart and lung institute suggests that oysters are like we said an ideal uh food uh with the inclusion of a low uh calorie diet oysters an excellent source of vitamin a b1 uh b2 b3 uh vitamin c vitamin D, and four or five medium-sized oysters supply the recommended daily allowance of iron, copper, iodine, magnesium, calcium, zinc, um, and phosphorus. It looks like some people also take sort of oyster shell pills. Yes. The calcium supplement, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, it's like a fish oil. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so since we're talking about the shells, let's get into that a little bit, too, because we are in our glasses. Joe has poured us this delicious mm-hmm. uh, oyster stout from Flying Dog. Now, there's a few different examples of this, um, of the of the oyster stout. Uh, and if you taste it, you, you're not really getting so much like oyster, but like one pound of oysters goes into every single barrel. Yeah. Okay. It's, it reminds it's like this um, like soy sauce, umami, mm-hmm. like background flavor in this it is it is almost a tad salty but like and it's that's got the, an, a, a very faint that's saltiness thing, about that, it is that the the, the oyster liquor mm-hmm. right yeah. or liqueur right mm-hmm. which is basically the it's the water that's inside of the oyster once you crack it open yes. so that is the like the, the water that kind of surrounds the oyster uh and stays inside the shell that is what's giving you because that is briny 
right? Mm -hmm. You know, that yeah. is the salty, briny mm -hmm. deliciousness. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, when you have different oysters from different places, that's what, that's part of the experience when you eat an oyster is getting the liquor, um, right, you right. know, because it's- I barely even know her. Yeah, <laughs> because it's, um, it's from different, you know, di different areas, you know? Yeah, of and course. You, if you're really thinking about it, you're just drinking like, Bay water or whatever, but it's it's cleaned. It's yeah. Here's the thing: you're drinking bay water. You're drinking water from Florida. You're mm -hmm. drinking you know water from Humboldt Sound or Maine or wherever you're getting the, your oysters from. But how they clean them, you know, how they filter the water, mm -hmm. the, these little oysters, that little pocket inside their shell is all is just pristine, clean. It's water. just yeah. oyster. Yeah, you know, it's unadulterated oyster water juice so when they when they make this it goes into it and then it gives you a bit of a salty flavor yes now the the reason why uh, they think that and, and this is like I've, I've been reading like these different articles like brew your own and stuff like that and they're mostly like you know they talk about home brew and brewing in general but with uh, with these kind of beers uh, originally the oyster stouts they, they think it started around like like uh, probably like the 1930s, mm -hmm. okay? There's like a place in, uh, somewhere in Australia that brewed an oyster stout, and there's a few in places in England mm -hmm. around like the, like the 1930s. But what they think originally was it was like an oyster festival that they brewed specifically for that. Okay. And there weren't actually oysters in it. But then there's other people that say that, you know, it's weird how like this is kind of lost to history, but it, it really sort of is. Uh, they, they say that there's also people that used oyster shells inside of it inside of the beers when they when they brewed it and what the oyster shells would do is they would actually release the calcium from inside of the oyster shell and the calcium is uh because of like the whole uh negative positive particle thing mm -hmm. right because it is a you know a calcium sort of thing it actually will attach itself to the the little bits of stuff, you know, little bits of hops, the little, you know what I mean? The right. little bits of like the husk from the grain and stuff like that that's still in the beer. Mm -hmm. It'll attach itself to that and help drop it out of the tank or what they call like flocculation. Yeah. So you come out with a clearer beer and they think that they use the oyster cells to, you know, to do help that. scrub. To help scrub, scrub the, beer the beer out. out. And yeah. now, nowadays, they use things like Irish moss. Mm -hmm. uh, they also have a, another product called Whirl Flock that you can buy at your local homebrew store mm -hmm. that will do that anyway. But with these big stouts, you know, you, you use a lot of grain, you know, because they're yeah, big, so you they're know, boisterous, thicker, heavier. thicker beers. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so it would help drop all that out. And then people started going, well, if we're going to put the oysters in it anyway, mm -hmm. let's just, you know, boil the oysters in the kettle mm -hmm. when we make it. So right. then people would do that, and then they would eat the oysters afterwards. Of course, yeah. You know, as, you know, a brew day snack. And yeah. could you imagine boiling your oysters in a beer and then eating that afterwards? How delicious that would be? Yeah, it'd be pretty and good. I know. <laughs> it's, it sounds so good. This, this beer is surprisingly delightful. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really easy to, it's, to just yeah, knock them back. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, let me tell you one of the downsides. Mm -hmm. They have high amounts of purine. Purine is, uh, is a, I believe it's a type of acid that, uh, that's, you know, it's in your pee. You yes. know what I mean? Uric um, acid. Yeah, mm -hmm. uric acid. So uh, with the high amounts of purine, you you know, if you are a sufferer of gout, then you can, uh, it can really spike your, your you know, it could start a gout, you know, um, 
Gout attack. episode. Yeah. A gout attack. Gout attack. Gout attack. Gout attack. Gout attack. It can also, if you have a, you know, a compromised immune system, it can mm-hmm. cause adverse effects with that. So There's do also... not put do not put oysters in your baby's milk bottles. There's a thing uh, they shouldn't be given to children under like 12 months. That makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, but even for adults, there's a uh, disease. <laughs> there's a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I'm assuming it's probably a bacteria called Vibrio. Mm-hmm. That causes basically the same as cholera, and it can be deadly. It's, right. It's a yeah. It's not. It's not. It's fairly rare for it to happen, but it can happen. And when it does, it sounds fairly devastating. Or and, it can be. And here's the thing: is a lot of of you know aquatic um, bacteria and stuff like that are they only exist because of major pollution, mm-hmm. overfishing, uh, dredging, yeah. you know, uh, all those things. So when when these animals are uprooted and thrown around and just trying to survive, you know, there's a lot of things that are introduced into their environments that they get afflicted with. The, the green sea turtles, there's a whole, you know, bacterial infection, almost like a cancer that's affecting sea turtles because of the pollutions in the, well, the world's o- oceans. Yeah, what are, the, what are those pollutions, Dana? Uh, I don't know. About, well, I mean, pollution, like I was saying, as far as, um, like I said, a lot of farms will use too much fertilizer that acts as nutrients because it's nitrogen and phosphorus. Like, I think the majority of things in the water will eat that. Mm-hmm. But um, especially algae. So that is when you have an algae bloom, that is typically what causes it having too much nitrogen and too much phosphorus in the water. Mm-hmm. So what happens is algae has like an overabundant food source. It'll bloom and you have way more algae than you would normally have. And then um, because they've devastated that entire collection of nu- nutrients, um, Everything they'll else die. Suffers. Well, they'll die, and what that does is somehow removes oxygen from the water. The mm-hmm. demateria, I'm guessing what it's feeding, like whatever decomposers, mm-hmm. bacteria is eating the dead algae. Um, so you end up with uh, anoxic, like mm-hmm. um, water that has no oxygen in it. Nothing can live in water that and has that's no when oxygen, you have, like, no dissolved kills. oxygen. Yeah. yeah, and things like that. So but that's th- why you you'll see a lot of times sort of algae blooms uh, will happen Right before fish kills, like they often coincide, mm-hmm. and that's why, yeah. And that's the same thing. I mean, and uh, I, I, just in case you don't know what a fish kill is, it smells like death. I yeah. mean, it is. <laughs> it, it's literally like the, the fish do not have enough oxygen in, like, say, one little creek or something like that because mm-hmm. it had a huge algae bloom. It's just like it's like dominoes. This one knocks down that one, knocks down that one, and it, you know, it's mm-hmm. it comes from farming or whatever. Right. I also equate it to a fish tank. Yeah. Now you can have uh, a beta, you know, right. which are used to low oxygenated water. Right. A lot of carp. A lot of carp and betas. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you put a goldfish in a uh, a tank mm-hmm. with no oxygenating water, no moving water, mm-hmm. give it a week, that thing will be dead. Yeah. You know, because it cannot, it can't last without higher levels of oxygen in the water. Mm-hmm. So. 
That's what I kind of equated to. So you're basically yeah. suffocating everything that's, that is living in the water. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that includes slowly. oysters. Of course, yeah. 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 Um, also another problem, uh, and I think the main reason that the entire oyster population has been devastated uh, in the Chesapeake Bay specifically is there were two diseases that were introduced mm. um, via aquaculture imports, I believe, both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was from the Pacific Oyster, okay. I guess, was introduced to aquaculture Trying to areas. bolster I guess, the, yeah, the native yeah, population. Yeah, trying to make more money. Well, they weren't, I mean, I don't think, I'm pretty sure there's laws against just putting them out in the wild, you know, because right, you can't right, have because they're, they're an invasive species exactly. overrun your, your natural population. Yeah, yeah, and anytime you add an invasive species, it just never, it's ever turns out good. And yeah. that's an epi- another episode that we've been wanting to do King for a long toads, time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and we'll get into that, you mm-hmm. know, eventually, later on down the line, we'll do like a whole invasive species you know, episode, right. but um, you know the, the the reason why you get these kind of invasive species is you'll have like a you have like you know a, a ship that comes over from China, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship will be carrying like a bilge tank filled with water, ballast water, ballast mm-hmm. water, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll come over because it has you know it has n- doesn't have any cargo or whatever. It comes over here, it picks stuff up, or vice versa, mm-hmm. and then once it has picks up you know that extra weight it doesn't need that water to keep yeah, it and, and you know upright helps it um you know raise and lower the hull of the ship yeah yeah so what they'll do is they'll flush all the water out and then mm-hmm. that you know comes with that comes oysters and comes this yeah, you know, these diseases and things you're like you're taking that. sort of a large aquarium of foreign water and microscopic species and dumping them into a whole new environment exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so you know and that's where this these, you know, two disease, what, and what are they? Uh, MSX, which is, they're both fatal to oysters. They don't, I don't, as far as I know, and as far as I think scientists know, they're not damaging to humans at all. They have no effect on humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but both are fatal to oysters, and they'll usually kill an oyster, I believe, in one to three years from and the that's time their that they're born. Yeah, that is their average lifespan is one to three years. So. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it, Gets them pretty early, typically. Um, MSX, though, they're, they're, I think there's the problem is there's a lot they don't know about it. Um, so it's not actually transferred directly from one oyster to another. Mm. Um, it's there's like a, a vector. Do you know what that is? It's yeah. it's like a sort the, of third party. They how it yeah from one yeah. to the other. So it's not they don't it's not making out. Right. It's not <laughs> it's just not casual contact. each other's water. I'm gonna suck in your water and get your disease. Right. So it's um, not spit. <laughs> It's not someone from the office, you know, it's right. not airborne, of course. Right. Um, it's not waterborne. Um, right. So there's sort of a third-party vector that carries it, and they're not sure what it is, so it, I think finding that is going to be incredibly difficult. So it might be the algae or something like that, but they don't it know It could be lots that of it's things. Eating. It's yeah. a, basically a parasite, uh, Haplosporidium nelsoni. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Um, but, yeah, it's a, a parasitic microscopic organism. But yeah, it gets carried basically through a third-party vector. Um, there's also one called Dermo, which is Parkinsis marinus. Um, that one is actually directly transferred from one oyster to another. So that's sort of, so I would imagine, easier. A night at the oyster bar, <laughs> and they're just like, hey. We'll make it out. <laughs> no, uh, no shell protection. 
<laughs> you are God. really in it to win it today, aren't you, Jim? I am. There's actually programs, um, like aquaculture programs, where they're basically trying to breed oysters that are resistant to both diseases, hmm. which is ultimately the only thing that's going to keep them from becoming extinct because that's how things work. So eventually, like, without something genetically changing and happening, right, right. you need, a, like, a resistant strain of oyster. So they're basically testing and sort of working out different sort of genetic variations that might be resistant to it. And they're trying to breed. Yeah. 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 So they're sort of on a very small scale forcing their own evolution of oysters. (laughs) Yeah. Which is Because of our our chemicals and junk. Hey, why aren't you you oysters stronger? Yeah, because we brought these diseases over to you guys. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of my one of my favorite, and this is kind of a sidebar, but um, I found a video online, and it's really cool. And I'm, I'm going to make sure I put it on the show notes. But what we were talking about with the oysters being filter feeders. Mm-hmm. So basically, they take some bay water, they put it into an aquarium, okay, and then they put the oysters in it, and it's like a time lapse. Within like a few, you know, within like a couple of days, these oysters that are in the bottom literally clean all the water. You can just see it get cleaner and cleaner yeah. and cleaner. Clean. So, I mean, if we had, you know, the amount of oysters in the bay that we had in, like, the 1900s, or rather, you know, the 1800s, it wasn't really until, like, the 1900s that we started really, like, Turning it started it going down, yeah. downhill, like, the amount of oysters. Yeah. Um, they, you know, we, we could just, it could be totally, like, crystal clear, like it is in, you know, uh, uh, you know. We did that experiment. Florida in, and stuff. In mm-hmm. class also. Mm-hmm. Where we sort of hiked up sediment in the tank and we put oysters in it and mm-hmm. just watched and like the next day we came in and it was just clear completely clear yeah like yeah i mean fif- what is it 50 gallons clear. a day or whatever they can fill 30 yes. to 50 gallons i mean that's yeah. that's, a, For that's one, a huge amount that's one oyster per one oyster yeah it's yeah. one yeah. yeah so i mean they're basically a little kidney mm-hmm. inside of a ship yeah you know which is why the bad stuff uh, out. they give me gout because kidney also has mm-hmm. a lot of purine in it um so here's the thing oysters Back in the day, uh, they were super still, cheap. Yeah, super duper cheap. They were like they were like your your so called peanuts. Probably a lot more common. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But they were like they were every man food. You know, mm-hmm. anybody from a poor person to a rich person could afford a couple of dozen oysters, not even thinking twice. It was like a bag right. of peanuts or right. you know a bag of popcorn. It was just a thing. Mm-hmm. Now. It is sort of a delicacy. You know, a delicacy, yes. And that's like we've been talking about, like the whole like you know overfishing sort of thing and all that. That's where that all comes from, and it's the same thing with like lobsters and yeah. Maine. But it's like a made market. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like because they were overfished so much, and people are greedy mm-hmm. now. Oh wait, we only have a handful. Uh, charge them an arm and a leg for it. Yeah. You know. So either way, the the companies are still raking in money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. It's either quantity or quality. All right, kids. So we have a Zazzle account now. So do you remember when we did that Kentucky Meat Shower t-shirt? Mm-hmm. We have a Kentucky Meat Shower t-shirt up on our Zazzle account. That's right. And that Zazzle account is www.zazzle.com backslash Curioso Podcast. And we're going to be making sure we put that out there so you guys can see it. And we're going to continue to put some other merchandise up on it. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out and get some shirts. Because we need to keep the lights on. We need to keep that uh, 
curioso thing curious. And we just need to keep that bandwidth flowing. So if you could buy some merchandise and uh, that'll help us pay for the bandwidth, we would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and if your friends ask you where you got that shirt or what it means, tell them. Tell them about Curioso Podcast. Tell them how much you love it. Tell them how much you love me and you like Chris. What? What? You're such a jerk. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Curiosos. The thing on the plate that Chris just brought in the room uh, looks rather mossy. Oh, it's <laughs> it's got a lot of herb material in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's material. Yeah, well, I'll, exp- I'll yeah, I'll explain that in a little bit. But okay. Uh, so what we were talking about is um, how they were plentiful and cheap, mm-hmm. right? So I actually found. Um, where they had, uh, they, they had found the actual Globe Theater. Uh-huh. Right? You're not going to say anything? I'm not. You're not going to say you're it not too gonna much. touch that? I say it too much. <laughs> so they actually found the Globe Theater, and they found out what, what was cool about it. Uh, you know, and, of course, that is, you know, the, the, the theater that Shakespeare had most of his plays in. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was you know, his theater. Yeah. So, um, Poor Yorick. I knew him well. Horatio. Uh, when he, uh, uh, you know, when they had the the plays, people would have snacks just like now. They would have, yeah. you know, a few drinks and snacks and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they found out that, you know, like it was... churros and hot dogs and... A, a, a popcorn, you know, different things like that. So mm. so the, uh, the higher classes would have things like uh, uh, walnuts, hazelnuts, plums, cherries, peaches, dried raisins, and figs. They were imported, and you know they would also eat like crabs, mussels, periwinkle, and cockles. Uh-huh. But they found out that the you know down in the cheap seats, mm-hmm. like way down in front, mm. uh, that was where people were eating the most amount of oysters, and that was where the people who didn't have a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, and they would just eat oyster after oyster after oyster. Right. Um, and they found them the shells all over the ground. Just well, like the, in a movie same. theater today, you would find popcorn mashed into the carpet. Right, same with the Pantheon, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, I'm, I, Chris, I drank a lot yesterday, and the smell of anise is so disgustingly strong. It smells like black licorice. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm just, going to vomit. Anus, anus in that? Yeah, it is. There's some anus in that? Yeah. It's okay, so, so strong. So we'll, we'll get into, uh, I guess we're going to have like a little spread and eat a, eat a few things. Uh-huh. Uh, the first thing that I have right here, and we'll eat it. We'll eat it first because it's nice and hot. Right. Is uh, these are oysters Rockefeller. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oysters Rockefeller were uh, were actually created in 1899 by Jules Aldecor. Um, Aldecor was working for uh, uh, Antoine's in um, uh, down in Louisiana. Uh-huh. Uh, in New Orleans, and he wanted to create something because they ran out of snails to feed their guests. The escargot. For the escargot. So mm-hmm. he wanted to come up with another mollusk. Another slimy, slimy thing. Weird and thing. Exactly. So he created a, a herb butter um, uh-huh. that has uh, it has a whole bunch of different stuff, but it's mainly like watercress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it was in New Orleans, that was why they used absinthe in it. Call back to the absinthe episode. Yes. It has a lot of herbs. It's basically like a herb butter, and it has a very green color to it, mm-hmm. and that is supposed to be like the color of money. Henceforth, he had called it Oysters Rockefeller. There is a restaurant uh, in Brooklyn called 
Maison Premier, mm-hmm. uh, and their thing is pairing oysters and absinthe. So oh, they have really, yeah, um, a couple like two different types of ab- or sorry, two dozen types of absinthe uh, and a different many different varieties of oysters, and they sort of have different you know dishes and cocktails and stuff to kind of apparently it's a a long standing tradition now. Yeah, and now I understand why. I was like absinthe and oysters that's weird it does seem weird but you know. yeah yeah it is in oysters rockefeller so but i guess the the whole black licorice anise thing is is kind of a is it overbearing it, yes <laughs> now the recipe calls for it's mostly watercress uh i could not come across watercress so i wound up using baby spinach okay. which is used for a substitute a lot mm-hmm. um also you're gonna have you know breadcrumbs uh, uh, uh you use butter of course uh, minced green onions, which I had out in the garden, mm-hmm. uh, chopped fresh tarragon, which I did not have. Okay. So I actually, and parsley, uh, I didn't have any of those, but I happened to have rosemary and basil. So that's what I used. So okay. I, I basically made my own oysters, oysters Rockefeller. Your I own, did own my version. own home version. And of course, I used some of my absinthe that I had left over from the absinthe episode. Mm-hmm. Some cayenne pepper, some salt to taste, that kind of but thing. But it looks just as slimy as the pictures I've seen on the internet. Of, of Oysters Rockefeller? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't look like a high class thing to me. But no. it is. It's the <laughs> color of money. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Is that what it is? Yeah. You, oh. have, the, so, you have the, all right, Joe, the so, nacre. So go ahead and shiny, take one. The shiny. Take one of the two big ones. I'll take the other big one. And since oh, Dana doesn't want to eat it, we'll just give her the small one anyway. This is just between us guys. Um, I have never, ever been a fan of Ersters. <laughs> in, in the, uh, the, it's like me and, and chicken wings. Mm-hmm. I like the, the buffalo sauce. Mm-hmm. I like chicken. But if it's on a bone and there's like sinew and, and guts and viscera involved, I want to throw up. Uh, this, in the half shell, with what looks like part of the bay still clinging to it and half falling and flaking into the shell, um, it just, it's not, it's not, not, it's cutting not a you, thing. Not cutting it for you? You know, I mean, I'll eat it because I will well, try everything it's got once a or lot 47 of butter on times. It. <laughs> That's how you. That, well, that's how you solve most problems. Put butter on it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's give it a try. Oh, Here we go. All right. I, I, well, you know what? Let's just do it from the shelf. I, I'm, I'm not doing. No, I can't do that. How much absinthe did you put in that? Uh, two tablespoons. That's it. Are you sure? That's it. That's all. That's what goes into the recipe. Here we go. Ooh. I am drunk. Oh. Oh no. It's oh, it's spicy. Yeah. Why is it so Little spicy? Little cayenne. Wow. Mm. That's good. Hachi machi. I really, really like that. Well, I couldn't taste the slimy oyster. No. That's good. And this is supposed to be decadent. That's that's the whole thing about Oysters Rockefeller. Oh, there's like a... Super duper... There's a little cockle hang on. (laughs) A little little bonus on there. Yeah. That's crazy. It's supposed to be really decadent, really, you know... um, I I mean, that's, that's the whole... That's the whole point of it. You know? Right, I understand that. I mean, it is very like thick and viscous and buttery. Um, yeah, not something I would I would order again. Really, I kind of I kind of liked it. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I maybe it's just me and like eating off of like something that it has grown. No, no, no I'm fine with that. But like, it's still like there's chunks of dirt and stuff and. 
shell. Grit. Yeah, you know? well, that, you know, and that's another thing, too, it's actually. Like I have make... a little trick for, like, clams and things like that. If you uh -huh. pick them, if you get them yourself fresh. Yeah. One of the things that you do, Dana, how, how did you, you just tried it. How is it? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit overpowering, isn't it? It's got too much absinthe in it. I, I used exactly what what the recipe called for. So I feel like if it wasn't for yesterday, and the fact that we were at <laughs> Millfest drinking all day, then I would be able to deal with this much better. Yeah, we were at a festival yesterday, and mm -hmm. uh, the day before recording this, dr drinking um, <sighs> and enjoying it's ourselves. Got so a nice amount of spice to it. I like that. Yeah, and it, I mean it. Oh, it tastes good. But it's on top of the absinthian Ugh, anus. It's got anus. such a, a burn, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the absinthe that is mm -hmm. kind of like, that's what... I, I think with less absinthe... Excuse me. I can't say. <laughs> so, I also brought along, just because, mm -hmm. um, a little thing of oyster crackers. And oyster crackers are always my favorite. I love putting them in soups mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, is I've tried to find the... You know the where the name comes from, like the entomology of. Yeah, and there's of, there really is none. They kind of look like little oysters. Well, that's right? the only thing I can I can come up with where it was served with fishy type soups. Mm -hmm. uh, they've always been sort of this rounded, you know, small, tiny, hexagonal kind of shape, poofy. You know, so they kind of look like a little tiny bivalve themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what most people believe is where the name originates from. Mm -hmm. But they're just little, you know, saltine-type crackers. Yeah, and this is what they sound like. <laughs> Dana, you gonna throw up? I'm trying really hard not to. Mm. Is it just the absinthe or is it's it the It's just oyster? the absinthe. Really? Like, it's so much absinthe, you can feel burning Well, that's from what it. it's supposed to be, though. It's supposed to be it's a... It's disgusting. Two, two tablespoons, and that's all I put into it. So... <clears throat> Dana's right. not a huge fan of absinthe. <clears throat> I'm not a huge fan of uh It's just a nice. I can't... I can't... Well, either. that wasn't raw. I technically sort of cooked it. Kinda. You put it near a, a heat source. Well, yeah, you have to melt the butter on top. That's not cooking. Yeah, I thought it was delicious. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I would love to do that again. I'm not gonna do that yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but also the, the 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 butter. Yeah. The butter. What is it? What do they call that? Um, herb butter kind of thing. You know the uh, um, the uh, yeah the herb butter is you can use it for other things too. So a lot of people use it for like stuffed mushrooms. You know, uh, they'll stuff the caps and they'll cook them with the Rockefeller sauce. Yeah, they'll use it with uh, stuffed mushrooms, you know, and different things. And you can just, it's just a herb butter and you can put that on anything. So while we're getting into it and we're trying different things, and uh, what do you have now? Okay, so up next, here, uh, I poured you something different. An American version of a Belgian triple. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is uh, Long Strange Triple. Oh. From Boulevard Brewing Company uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. And it smells delicious. Yeah, and it's I, I had one the other day, mm -hmm. very Belgian-y. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've also heard that Belgian beers go very, very well with the sort of like smokiness of, of oysters. Okay. You know? So what we have here, uh, this is fancy smoked canned Ersters. Oh, and this is uh, by Bumblebee, the same yeah. people that bring you tuna. That's right. Yum, yum, Bumblebee, Bumblebee, tuna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Bumblebee's been around since, like, what, 1899? Uh, something like that. Yeah. It's been around for a long so, time. So, 
they're not killing people. Yeah. You know, there's no botulism. There's no, it's good. Yeah. And these, so these are the, the smoked oysters out of a can, very much like, uh, like a sardine can, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's smoked oysters, cottonseed oil, and salt. And so that's, that's it. And the cottonseed oil is how they package them. Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to give this a shot. Yeah. I, I got to be honest with you. I've never been a huge fan of smoked oysters out of the can. I've never had them. Uh, they Again, are. Because I'm not a giant Erster fan. Yeah. But uh, I will. I, I look. Look, I even have th- like three of them on here. I'm ready to go. They here smell go. like. Um, like I, I firewood. Yeah. I'm not going to just. I'm just going to just go ahead and pop it and uh. not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is. I'm not sure. It's a texture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like... They're, like, um, cooked by smoking it or whatever. Yeah. It tastes like sardines. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of... They definitely have a more oyster flavor to them. But I've just never been a big fan of, like, smoked oysters. I like them fresh, nice, and, you Uh, know, cooked right off the grill. Yeah. Uh, The only time I actually enjoy Mm. oysters Mm -hmm. is oyster shooters. But usually that's because of the cocktail sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, past that, I'm not really a big oyster fan. Oh, on the upside, they work really well with this tripel that you uh, that you brought. It's good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It also helps wash some of that flavor out of my mouth. <laughs> That's very, very true. I just have to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, no, Dana, Dana said she was a giant fan. I know she is. She said yeah. those are amazing. I yeah. love smoke. So, <laughs> Dana, this whole bowl, <laughs> uh, put some milk on that. Like and you're, yeah, there you go. Put some milk on it. Oh, that's no, actually that's pretty food? much that's uh that's like two thirds of how to make uh, oyster stew. Yeah, you get these canned smoked oysters. Mm-hmm. You put them you put them in there. You can get fresh Perfect. ones too. You're a crazy really? person. Uh, they're, they're good. No, not my thing. Not mine either. The I texture really, is a little funny. I can understand why people wouldn't like that's, them. It's the just texture, texture is a little but weird. But Dana likes weird textures. I do. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I very so, much do. Um, okay. Yeah, that was um, gross. Now, here's something that I've enjoyed since I was a, a younger person. Um, I will give you guys a little thing of this. Okay. To share amongst yourselves. Well, that's that's a thick sauce there, it is. Joe. It is very thick. Okay. So I grabbed some regular vegetarian sushi. This is just avocado roll. Okay. And this is a uh, more Vietnamese-style mm-hmm. roll. Like a, like the spring roll that's a, the clear wrap, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, that's um, what that is. Yeah, rice paper. Yeah. But it's this is like Vietnamese style. Anyway, it, I wanted very basic, clean flavors. Mm-hmm. So you can try this sauce. Now, this sauce is oyster sauce. Okay? It actually is made with the oyster liqueur, mm-hmm. you know? And in the oldie times, they would basically, as they're, you know, either making a, a stew or, or something with the oysters, the the... The remnants, the, the liquid, mm-hmm. they would let that simmer and reduce and reduce and reduce. And because there's kind of some sugars in that, you know, natural sugars and stuff, it would start to caramelize. And over time, you'd have this nice, thick sauce. Yeah, that you could add to anything. It's, it's thick like honey. It is, it is yeah. very viscous. Yeah. That's another thing, too. And, you know, I'm going to just try and dispense out this knowledge as we go on and we're trying these different foods. But mm-hmm. one of the things is, is that um, mm. Atlantic Atlantic oysters have a tendency to be more salty, yeah. while Pacific oysters have a tendency to be a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. So they're m- more briny uh, on the East Coast than they are on the West Coast. On the West Coast, they have a tendency to be a lot sweeter. 
And I did bring you guys, yeah, chopsticks. So, iritakemasu. All right. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to go ahead and dip one of these avocado rolls. Basically, let's eat. Yeah. Or enjoy the food. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. I'm uh, ready for this. Ta- ta- taco, taco mas. Live mas. <laughs> Iritakemasu. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, really good. Now, the Vietnamese rolls, mm-hmm. the uh, store thing, they actually just give you a little thing of Mayplow. And is yeah, Mayplow hilarious. is awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go for the roll and the oyster sauce. Mm-hmm. But just try the oyster sauce by itself, too, just so you can have a base. Mm-mm-mm. And it's very, it's very much like soy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, similar to a, a fish sauce or an eel sauce, uh, which is also made from um, the skin of the eels. Yeah. Um, it's briny. It is briny, mm-hmm. yeah. But... Well, it's, that's good. I like I like a briny. But it's it's not overpowering or, like, weird, funky, like, smoked... Like the smoked oysters were. There's no, you know, anise. There's no absinthe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is good. Very good. And it goes really, really good with this, uh, the triple. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Dana. Very, give us a shot. Stop filming us eating. It's just creepy. I don't know, even know why I'm yeah, doing it. <laughs> um, so you said you don't, you're not a big fan of oysters, Joe. No. So, but you like the oyster sauce. Yes. Is it the flavor you don't like or the texture? It's the texture. Even so, do you prefer them cooked? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you like them when they're cooked? Mm-hmm. More than when they're raw. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A lot of people are like that. Well, the texture of raw oysters is something that a lot of people cannot get behind. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, uh, and I just plow right through that. Mm-hmm. I just may plow right through that. It does not bother me. <laughs> I, I just, I really, really dig them. And that's another thing. I don't think we brought stuff to necessarily make an oyster shooter. No, but I was going to, but I just I decided to get the sushi and sort of like. We did bring cocktail sauce and lemon. Yeah, it's yeah. We did bring cocktail sauce and lemon, but basically, an oyster shooter is you put a cheap beer into a, into a glass. Mm-hmm. You put an oyster in it. Yeah. A little bit of cocktail sauce. No, that's your that's your chaser. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, you can you either can, do it. How they do it at the Ren Fair is your oyster in a shot glass with cocktail sauce. With cocktail sauce, you do that whole thing, mm-hmm. and then you drink some beer. A little shot of beer like to Dixie just kind of put it down. But hey, I mean, it's it's yeah. a way to wash it down. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, you know, there's different ways to do it. Tongue. You know, mm. uh, you know, but most of the time I see it, it'll be like an oyster in a glass with a mm. little little bit of just cheap domestic beer, you know, with some cocktail sauce on the top of it. And cocktail sauce is basically just like, you know, you have horseradish and and ketchup together, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it's pretty good. I, I I do I do like a shooter, and that's. That's kind of, I, I was a vegetarian for a really, really long time, and mm-hmm. I got a little bit drunk at the rent fair, uh, mm-hmm. and I decided to have an oyster shooter, and that was the first time that I had eaten oysters in a long, long time since I was, a, you know, a little kid. I right. remember that. Yeah, and um, and now, so, like, I do have a little bit of seafood in my diet. I just don't eat any chicken, any beef. I don't eat any land meat. Only sea meat for me. Mm-hmm. Very salty. Mm-hmm. But good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Plow. Yeah, so oyster oyster extract, oyster liqueur, water, seasoning, uh, soy. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff, but 
and some citrus. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's there are. It's like vanilla. Okay, you can get imitation vanilla, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you can get real vanilla. Well, this is oyster the sauce. The real oyster sauce. Yeah. There are other ones that say oyster-flavored sauce, mm-hmm. and that has nothing to do with it. Right. It's um, the same thing with soy sauce. There's, like, soy sauce that you get out of the packets, and then there's Kikoman. You know what I mean? Right, right. right. Like, it's the only thing that it's... it's yeah, you're talking... Actually good stuff. A five-year-old company and a 500-year-old company, mm-hmm. you know. Bit of a difference. Oh, by the way, I just, I just read that wrong. I got that wrong. Totally. Um, the West Coast oysters are saltier mm. as where the east coast oysters are sweeter mm. so i don't know why that happens to be but it is true so we have different ecosystems yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so colder um, waters versus warmer waters you have different you know currents mm-hmm. you know that run through and they bring different nutrients from different parts of the world at different times so you yeah. have lower amounts of this higher amounts of that so yeah it makes sense so uh, we've kind of we've gone through some of this stuff, and uh, I think next um, we're just gonna have to do an oyster straight, right? Oh shucks. Oh yeah. Mm. All right, here we go. Here's the packaging, and um, so we've got a couple of oysters oh, here. Oh look how dirty those are. Right. Yep. Do you, why don't you clean them? What? You're supposed to clean them. With a brush or a fire oh, hose? He put an extra. He put an <laughs> extra. He, he didn't put an extra in there. Unshucked oh. one in there. Oh, somebody. So here's the here's the best part. Here's uh, some more. So Joe, give me a give me a plate for you. You want to make sure you get some of that liqueur on there. Really? All right, Joe. So uh, how's how how do you usually do it? How do you like to do them? You want some cocktail? Please. All right. Or as uh as the the old guy in Game of Thrones, go go and make free oysters. With vinegar. With vinegar. With vinegar. I do like them with vinegar myself. Uh, do those have any Panotheris ostriums in them? Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but maybe. They are a symbiote crab that lives in a lot oh. of species of oysters. Yeah. And uh, apparently um, lots of gourmands uh, find them highly prized. Really? Yeah. Because I think that they're gross and will not eat that if I can possibly help it. Possibly help it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, here you go, Joe. Oh, Jesus. Uh, can I have a lot more cocktail sauce? Oh, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> a lot more cocktail sauce and less oyster. <laughs> so, this is just a normal shoot 'em up raw shoot em oysters. Up, bang them and, and part of it is the fact that you want to get that liqueur. You want to make sure that. You get that bottom uh, little tab that they have hooked to their shell. You want to make sure you the get that off. The abductor muscle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get that. Uh, that guy works out his abductors. Get that He's broken got, like, off. Like a whole one pack. Now I know you. you it looks like you're trying to get that with the um, with the tongs there with your with your oh, chopsticks. I, oh, I can pick anything up. With yeah. Chopsticks. I, well, I you know an oyster. I'm is, not putting my mouth. That's what you on, do. You put your mouth on it no. and you shoot it. That's what you're supposed to do. Not, you you have to do it correctly, like Joe. It's like kissing a toilet. That's what you're supposed to do. You have to do it for the film. Jesus Christ, you fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how it works. Are you ready? I need to be way more drunk than I am right now. 
Can I just pretend? No, you need to put it. Where's my stunt guy? Put it right up to your lips oh God, and, and blow. There's like things like falling. Yeah, into the, all those things are supposed to go into your face. <laughs> this is so funny. <clears throat> are you ready? Oh, Jesus Christ. It's. Cheers. It's like drinking milk straight from a cow's tit. <laughs> yeah, just just do it. Just just get it over with. Oh, God Cheers. damn it. Fucking hate you, asshole. Mm. Nice and fresh. Man, that is so good. So, so good. How was it? Here you go, Danny. Mm. Go for it. Slightly covered yes, by the... Um, I want a big one. Cocktail. <clears throat> Pick out whatever one you want. But they're not, dude. Like, yeah, they all kind of slid. All the juices sucks. on the bottom. Why are they? Oh man. I, I tell you what, they're all right as long as there's no shell in it. I personally can't handle any shell in it. That's yeah. Gross. I try not to get any shell if I can That's help it. That's gross. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Jack London, uh, the author. Mm-hmm. So apparently, Jack London, when he was around 15 years old, he was working at a pickle factory, pickling okay. things, making like. 10 cents a week, or what was it? I'm sorry, I think it's like 10 cents a day. Uh, so he decided, he, he came up with this brilliant plan mm. to become an oyster pirate. Okay. I know, right? It sounds absolutely bizarre, but it's not because oysters were so prized at the time. Right. You had you know people making <clears throat> all kinds of money off of oysters because everyone ate them. Uh, you know, people were just eating them just left and right, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and they were so plentiful, but um, you know, you had to have a bed of oysters to be able to pick from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the um, <clears throat> so out in California, where he was living at the time, uh, he actually had to. He decided to go out in a boat in the middle of the night, completely quiet, who who with armed, literally armed guards hmm. that would stick around on the piers watching the oyster bed to make sure no one pilfered it. And he would have to come up in a boat in the middle of the night and fill up a bag completely silently and then take it, and you take it to the markets in the morning. And in a night, he would make more from being an oyster pirate and, you know, smuggling these oysters out and selling them to the market. He would make more in, uh, you know, in like one night than he would make an entire month Wow! of, of you know, working at the pickle factory. Mm. So that was, uh, he was an enterprising young man. Could, did he... Is there a way to like pickle oysters? Uh, I don't know. You think you could combine the old job and the new job? Yeah, I'm just, you, know? you know, somewhere in the, in the well, middle. Well, you just had canned oysters, so I, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Okay, then I would say no. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the time when they do like jar oysters, yeah, they are jarred in their own juices or it's their liqueur. Here we go. Dana's putting one down. <clears throat> so. Uh, I'm sorry you guys didn't enjoy the Oysters Rockefeller as much as I did. I thought that was absolutely delightful, though, myself. It was, I think it's just the absinthe. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I like the absinthe cocktails, mm-hmm. and I, I like the, the luching. Yeah. Because um, it kind of dulls down that, I just, I don't like black licorice mm-hmm. and anise. So, that's just me. Well, I'm going to go The herbiness was fine. Since it doesn't seem, Joe, like you're really rocking out on these oysters. No, I'm, gonna... I'm sorry, guys. I'm just... Well, you had one, and that's the most important thing, that you did a one raw one. Most yeah. of the time, though, you, you, I do... You know, I, we've been to the Renaissance Festival where you put a few of these down. It's a quick, easy... It's a fast thing, and it's usually midday when I'm already mm-hmm. kind of wobbly. Mm-hmm. And I really don't care. Uh, but 
Yeah, I'm not nearly drunk enough to eat little weird tongue creatures covered in poop. Mm. <laughs> so good. I mean, they're, they're neat creatures, but they're, they're, I don't, yeah. I but Joe, that's the thing, is that people have been doing this for, for and I understand centuries. That, but know? can't you at least scrub off the poo dirt, <laughs> gross stuff? It's silt. It's just silt from the care. bottom of the ocean. That's fine. Just kind of wipe it off. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> but it's the inside that really matters. Well, okay, so uh, do you guys want to work on... Um, I've got I one. And I brought my grandfather's knife... Yeah, uh, you guys want to uh, shuck an oyster? Uh, you can shuck an oyster. I will shuck an oyster. So Dana, while I'm doing this, what do you know about the oyster wars? Uh, isn't that a TV show on MTV? Uh, no, it's it's uh, it is definitely most definitely not. Does that still exist? I don't know. What MTV? Mm-hmm. No, it's more like TV with a tiny little M. Oh well. I'm not even going to get into any of that. Anyway, but uh, no, I know very, very little about the Oyster Wars. So um, since oysters have been such a prized thing, um, uh, there was a time during the uh, mid-1900s that that you had Virginia fishermen Mm. fighting fishermen from Maryland that were trying to get the oysters and pick out the oyster beds. Mm-hmm. And you literally had men killing other men over these oysters. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, it literally was like, you know, it got to the point where, like, the Maryland, uh, um, uh, the police, the Maryland, they had oyster, the oyster police that specifically hmm. were trying to stop these people from killing each other. Nice. I mean, they would be battling and fighting. It was almost, so we could do almost a- like a small, you know how, like, you have the major civil war, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was this was right after the civil war. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. right after, but I'm saying, like, continually got worse and worse until you know. Right. Uh, so what were we gonna say? We could do a follow up film to uh, Blood Diamond and mm-hmm. call it Blood Oyster. Blood Oyster. Yeah. <laughs> so um, basically, what you want to do is you have the oyster, and you want to uh, the shell is really. Um, can be really, really sharp at times. Mm-hmm. So you want to either use a big, thick glove or, like, I have a dish towel here. Yeah. Um, and you take your oyster knife, which is a nice, thick knife, and then you want to get it. There's, like, a little tiny, like, um, it's, it's the, the hinge yeah, the of the can, oyster. Yeah. And you want to get your, your knife on in there. And then you once you shove the knife inside, you kind of just rock it back and forth. Okay. And it'll pop. And then now I've got it popped open. And once you get it popped open, you reach inside and you want to cut, trying carefully to to leave it uh, horizontal. Uh huh. So you're not because you don't like... want to let all that liquor out. Okay. So then you want to kind of move back and forth, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to dislodge the uh, what, what did you call it before? The abductor muscle. The abductor muscle that holds it to the top. Okay. And then once you slice through that, then you should be able to get it open. There we go, right there. A nice fresh one for you. Here you go, Dana. You want this one? And then you can slice off the bottom one. Yeah, that one looks beautiful. Did you do it without breaking shell off? Uh, Man, there, I love oysters, but there's nothing grosser than like a big chunk of shell. So there you go. Yeah, really. Disgusting. So there you go. You want to make sure that everything's loose and you want to try and keep that liquor inside. And, and turn the dirt around a little bit. And poop. And, and, then, you, uh, and then you just shoot it down. 
You can do it with cocktail sauce, or a lot of people like to use um, vinegar. Vinegar uh, is really good with it. Is there hair? Oh, it's a baby. Tiny baby. Are there any uh, little uh, symbiotic crabs in there? No, but I saw some worms on the outside. Are you serious? Yeah, they were on the outside, not on the inside. You're what? good. Really? Yeah, I picked it off. I, I. That's why you should scrub them. I. Uh, I well, it's just a part of the ocean. I, I don't care. Oysters. I love the ocean. It is a second home. Mm-hmm. Um, I love many, many creatures in there, but I don't want it in my mouth. I I got oysters uh, not long ago. And the entire container was full of worms. Oh, a lot of worms in that one. Yeah. Well, these a whole dark bunch of worms. Orangish red worms. Yeah, and they'll but apparently, like I was worried it was some kind of parasite. Apparently, they just live on the outside of the shell. Mm-hmm. Which made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, no, they, they, I mean they basically clean and eat all of the particles and things that um, mm. that the oysters live around. That one was perfect. How do you know? Because mm. <laughs> it was. Sometimes they're just really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, Joe. Um, I found an article talking mm-hmm. about the world's largest oyster. Okay. Uh, this is in the Wadden Sea Park uh, in Denmark. It's off a shallow area off the nor- north shore. It was found in a just kind of uh, just a, a shallow area. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone had picked it up, and it was 14 inches long. And is that, that is, big for an oyster? That is, that is 14 inches long? I don't know. I mean, That's don't... gigantic. Well, I, I know how big 14 inches is, but is that big for I'm an sure oyster? Dana's going to try to shuck one without stabbing herself. Yeah. You need all your fingers, Dana. Oh, God. That's not going to work. <laughs> you kind of you just put it in there. You want to get it in there really good, and then you kind of rock it back and forth. There you go. There's the pop. Whoa. And that's good. That. That's how you know it's a good, nice, fresh oyster. Want it pop? It's like popping yeah. a lock, Dana. And then you... <laughs> And then, and then you go in mm-hmm. and you swipe it back and forth at the very top to uh, to dislodge the muscle. And then once you do, you have a nice fresh one beast. right in front of you. Ah. And that's the best. You just pick it up and shoot it right down. Fucking awesome. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I dropped the juice. No, you don't want to drop the juice. <laughs> so, can you believe that? It was like for a, your homies. A 14-inch <laughs> oyster. And now, here's the best part, is that it is still alive. They took it, and they they've, they've uh, keep it in a tank, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> because oysters, even though they are animals, they're not, you know, they're not extremely sentient, which is why I was kind of okay with eating them when I first started right. well, being like a pescatarian mm-hmm. sort of thing. Did you get a little bit of shell? I just drank the juice. Oh. Uh, basically, they, they have... Um, thin wall blood vessels that um, are sort of like the the gills, mm-hmm. you know, part of the gills, and then you have a muscle, a and a large kidney. Yeah, and that's pretty much all it is. Yeah, it's and, not like uh, they have you know. Well, they do huge... have a, a three chambered heart. Yeah, they also have a. I believe Chris is going to hate me for saying this. Um, but like when you bite into one, you see that pocket of green I stuff wanna, and a fried la, la, one. La, 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 la. I don't know what you're talking about. Have you ever eaten a fried oyster? A fried oyster? Yes. Uh, yeah, not in a long time though. Oh, you often you'll find like a pocket inside of sort of green-looking tissue usually. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, it's actually like their stomach tissue. Like they a actually bile have duct. sort of a, a stomach. Yeah. Yeah, of course. If they're yeah. if they're even uh, filter feeders, they, they're bringing in nutrients to something. Right, well, you know, yeah, they just absorb obviously it through they have the to tissues. digest. But, um, 
Yeah, Chris has been avoiding finding out what that is. I don't want to know what the green stuff is. It's just a bile duct. I just I the green stuff is probably phytoplankton and stuff. Probably. Yeah. So, um, what else do we have? Mm, Maybe Joe should shuck an oyster. Nope. Joe, you want to you want to shuck one? I'll just give me a hammer. There's two more over there. Give me a hammer. (laughs) That you know what's funny is you you say that Uh is that that is another method. Is it really? Yes, it is. And um, so. also, too, uh, that, is a, that is a method that uh, uh, birds use, mm-hmm. is they'll pick up clams, oysters, cockles, things like that, and they'll drop them from a very tall height uh, in order to crack them, and then go and they'll, they'll eat you know, the, the shellfish afterwards. Um, yeah, otters mm-hmm. and um, other like aquatic mammals, mm-hmm. uh, especially otters, like... I've seen them where they'll they'll have oysters or clams on their belly, yeah, and then they'll take a rock or a, you know something hard and smash it on the oyster to crack it open to get yeah. inside of it. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so cute! It is adorable. <laughs> yeah, so it's adorable. That is absolutely, especially when you have the real big ones. You you smash it up against the rock, mm-hmm. and you'll smash basically like the blade of the oyster, right. you know, uh, and it'll eventually crack open. You can pull it apart, you know, mm-hmm. into two separate pieces and eat it that way. Yeah, Joe. I also came across an awesome video mm-hmm. of a guy who's eating basically a palm-sized oyster somewhere in. Uh, it's some kind of Asian country. He's an Asian guy, and they're all mm-hmm. speaking some Asian language that I don't know, so I can't tell you what it is. Is but it a palm-sized oyster, or is the man just have tiny palm? Uh, no, it is a. I mean, it's gigantic because it, he also uses chopsticks to pick it up out of the shell. Of course. So you know what size a chopstick is. Uh, well, there are varying sizes of chopsticks. Okay, but he's, they're not two broom handles is what oh, I'm saying. Okay, so you they're know not cooking I mean? chopsticks. No, they're, they're, but they're, they're normal-sized chopsticks where he right, picks it right. up and he eats half the oyster and then he passes it off to his friend. Uh-huh. And it is gigantic, a nice. huge, huge oyster. All right, well, after doing all of this oyster talking and eating and drinking of oyster-related things. We've literally put oysters everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's do a real quick oyster trivia for you, you guys. Are you eating the last one? No, I was going to. Do you want to shuck the last one? Joe? I'm good, Dana. I, I think Joe should shuck it. No. I think you should, I, too. Can I, think I have you gloves? You nope. put the over oh, I don't. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Damn it, it's not a worm. Yeah, probably. I'm good. Yeah, that's a worm. I don't want stomach you worms. Pick, you pick it out. Yeah. I don't want stomach worms. Sorry. Oh, well, you won't worms. get that from I mean, maybe a tapeworm. It. I would like a tapeworm. Yeah, it's I mean, on the outside the of the shell. Yeah, okay. Just That's just from the bay. Um, it's just a bay worm. <clears throat> just a bay worm. A Michael Bay worm. Obey the worm. Yeah, this is an oyster trivia quiz thing for you two. There's only eight questions, so... I'm down. Relatively easy. How long does it take a Pacific oyster to reach market size? When are they ready to be sold and eaten? I think that a Pacific oyster, uh, I think it takes about a year because of the time that, you know, it spawns is in the summertime, mm-hmm. and then by the next year, you should be good to eat it. That is that is my opinion. Okay. Dana? Uh, I think three. Three years? Yeah, I'm going to go with three. I could be wrong. Okay. Chris is right. Really? Oh, one year. Not Nine to 24 months. Yeah. Somewhere in between yeah, the one year fast. and two year mark. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. All right, question two. How long does it take a Kumamoto oyster to reach market size? I don't even know what a Kumamoto oyster is, Joe. Which the, one is that? The, 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 the Asian is. oyster. Uh, uh, an Asian oyster. Uh, I'd is that say... the South Pacific area? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say, uh, let's make that one shorter. Let's, uh, let's say it takes six months for that one. Are they in a warmer climate? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, it's closer to the uh, equator. Equator. I'd say, yeah. I'd say like six, six to nine months. Dana, your answer? I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go five years. Five what? years? Dana's closer if we do uh, prices it right was a, one of them, yeah. What is it, about a year, too? 24 months to 60 months. Okay, all right. It's a little over two years. Yeah. 60 months? That's a, okay. It's a lot That's longer a than lot two longer. years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so one and one. Uh, how long do oysters live if not disturbed? I... What I saw their lifespan could be was up to like 20 to 30 years, I think. It was a ridiculous amount. Correct. Yeah, 20 yeah. to 40 I'm, I'm years, go, something uh, like that. Agree with 20? Plus. Yeah, I'll, I'll, 20 plus. I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to say 50. Wow. I'm going to say an oyster became a 50 year old man. He's going to be a bearded oyster. <laughs> bearded clam. <laughs> uh, about 20 years. About yeah, 20 years. One, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. That's all right. if it's not disturbed. Mm-hmm. After they're they're pulled from their roost, they can live longer though. Yeah, but after they, certain they're cases. pulled from their roost, they're about their three to four year mark. That's because they will slowly, you know, it's like living in captivity. Once right. they're pulled out of their terroir, Ex- exactly. How many eggs can a healthy female oyster produce annually? Millions. How many millions? Many millions. <laughs> many millions. Give yeah. me a number. Uh, I go with um, five millions. I go with 20 million. Dana wins. What? 50 millions. 50 millions. 50 That's a lot millions. of millions. That's a lot of millions of babies. I mean, am I, how much? How many babies you get? Am I? I've, I only made one, but I'm just saying, like, how many am I producing? You know what I mean? Uh, I think. Definitely not 50 millions. Not 50 millions. No. All right. How much water. Does an oyster filter daily? We've talked about oh, we this, got this several what, times. Uh, it's 50, 50 gallons, 50, 50 gallons. gallons. I got it in first, Dana. Boo! <laughs> well, on average, it's 40. <laughs> Between 30 and Up 50. Up to 50, yeah. Okay. It's 40 right. on average. But you guys, I mean, we've talked about that mm-hmm. the entire episode. I'm being optimistic. Right. What so, state, it's a hard-sucking oyster. <laughs> right. What state in the United States produces the most oysters? Mm, what state? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'll go with, like, uh, what, Maine, maybe? I'll go with Maine. New York. Dana? Washington State. Oh, wow, oh yeah. Okay, Bastards. they got the whole... Yeah. That I'm makes sense. Pacific yeah. oyster. What is the smallest mature oyster on the market? Like, when you go to a, a, a fishmonger or a, you know, whatever, what are the smallest ones that you can find? I'd say, I think two inches, I, I think is what it is. Are you asking for the size or I'm what kind? The oh, I don't know. I don't um, even have one for this. I didn't figure out the names. Well, that's, that's not a part of my research, this man. It's just trivia. It's not a, an oyster is an oyster is an oyster, and the world is my oyster. The Olympic oyster? The Olympia. 
ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Really? Olympia it Oyster, seems yeah. like the Olympia would be, it's like five. I think I remember reading that they're fairly small. Really? It's a, I thought that was like they only come in groups of five in different colors. Come in groups colors. of five. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? The Olympic oyster? Right. Just five concentric rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of oysters. All right, last one, guys. Are pearls very common in Pacific oysters? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Dana? Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure? <laughs> That's my answer. No. They, they don't happen no. in there? They are mostly common in um, Asian oysters. Well, I did read that Except one in every... I'm guessing, yeah. One in every 10,000 oysters mm. carry a pearl. That's right. It? Yeah. I really thought it happened more common than that. But it also depends on the species. Yeah. Now, mm. uh, so just a few other things, too. So it's one in every 10,000. Also, uh, just a little sidebar. When I was a little child, uh, I had broken into an oyster and had found a pearl inside of the oyster but it was still attached to the inside of the shell the wall. yeah it was attached to the wall of the shell and it had it was kind of had come up like a i don't even know like a little pedestal like a and pearl was, cyst yeah exactly yeah. but it was actually attached to it i also wanted to mention that uh there was some really awesome uh pictures of asian pearl divers mm-hmm. uh at, at, off the coast of japan and oh, i yeah. just wanted to mention that because um well i mean the fact that they were topless was okay too but i'm the, just the saying women. that they, yeah they yeah, were yeah, yeah they would they would um oh it was during wartime or something where they would mm-hmm. that was a way to feed their family was to quickly go and, and dive 50 to you know 60 feet down in the water yeah and collect oysters and lobsters and other, other things while they were down there mm-hmm. but then they could also turn around and sell any pearls they found plus the inside of the shells they would use for like jewelry and stuff yeah so i mean they you but know they did it topless because <laughs> less it was drag coefficient they didn't have swimsuits right you know right. like they just did it because they just took off their clothes and went right on down it is a lot easier when you're naked (laughs) that's why do you think everybody goes skinny dipping that's the whole Mm -hmm. point of it so you can swim really fast you're like a you're like a dolphin (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) just water glistening Um. off my body (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a lot easier so was that it is that your last question that was it dana wins all right awesome well i i uh i'm gonna say who won I said Dana won. Oh, yeah, yeah, I always won. She went to classes. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I wish I, I wish I. Uh, there's a, a an entire book about the oyster wars. Yeah. That I, I really am going to have to ask for for the next uh, next time that I uh, ask uh, for something. Ask for something. Right. I have an event to get something. Birthday, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd really like to read that book. I think it's going to be really cool, and I'd like to learn more about it. And if I do, you know, maybe we can have a, like a uh, oysters part two, part mm-hmm. deux, you know, something sure. like that. And where I, you know, discuss what I read in the book or whatever, or maybe even like something narrative where I just talk about it, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But it would be something that I would really like to do. I, I definitely want to read that book and find out more about it. I just ate a whole can of smoked oysters. Uh, I think Joe and I both had one, so you had like an <laughs> entire can, can of smoked oysters. You had a minus, bushel. Like, two. I just had a bushel. I'm gonna puke. <laughs> and it was hilarious because they were all packed in that can, like mm-hmm. wedged. In no, there. they were like in dainty rows. Oh, like really? A, yeah. yeah, like it was a puzzle. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, so is that it? I think that's uh, that's oysters. Yeah. Yeah. Oysters. Uh, oh, oh, we we didn't mention oyster head. 
Yeah, you guys were talking about that earlier. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Les Claypool and what, what's the guy's name from Finch? Trey Anastasio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Oysterhead and Dana was saying that you you liked Oysterhead though. Yeah, no, that's they had a couple of really good songs. I think it was uh, maybe early two thousands. Yeah. Like a side project sort of thing. Side project, mm-hmm. Les Claypool yeah. and Trey Anastasio. Mm-hmm. It was I I hate fish. Yeah, I feel like someone's passion. gonna just try to murder me for audience. saying yeah. that. Passion. But they are horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like sort of the combination of them with Les Claypool, they he balances he out some of the horribleness. Yeah. Them, you know. Absolutely. He made them. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's like Trina the Stagio. musician's condiment. He makes yeah. Everything just absolutely. Taste <laughs> it's like salsa. Yeah. So uh, so I think that's it. I think that's oysters. Uh, if I come up with anything else, maybe I'll just catch Joe and I'll be like, this is what I got to talk about. We got to pack more into that shell. Shucks. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Curiosos, You're thank you so Lena. much. Thanks for being here. Aww, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate you coming. Uh, and uh, Curiosos, thank you for listening to, uh, to oysters. And uh, let us know, you know, you can give us a comment. Hit us up on Facebook and uh, let us know what you want to talk about next because we're about to start talking about what we're going to talk about next year. We're mm-hmm. trying to figure out and parcel out. So if you have an idea, now is the time to send it in. So you don't have very much time uh, to, uh, to put in your name for the Guar Mug. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we have for the Guar episode. Um, this episode comes out August sixth, and it's August eleventh. Uh, and all you need to do is give us a uh, give us a review. Any you know, we prefer five stars, obviously, on any kind of podcatcher that you have. Mm-hmm. Make sure you give us any kind of review, and then you want to take a screenshot of it and send it to feedback at thecurioso.com. So we we know we have that, and we know that you sent it because sometimes in you know other countries that you know we don't. Necessarily necessarily see the review, which is why right. we need you to send us that screenshot right. to know. Uh, so send that in to us to put your name in for the Guar Mug that we talked about during the Guar episode, mm-hmm. and we'll ship it out to you anywhere. We don't care. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Australia, I'm probably gonna, yeah, New Zealand, does Iceland, not matter. And we'll Germany, probably we'll send you a Curioso t-shirt as well Maybe. and some stickers, probably mm-hmm. a couple of buttons. Yeah. Uh, we have some cool ones with, uh, with the... The Ouija logo on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that are also available on Zazzle if you want to pick one up. Uh, but that's it. Thanks, Curiosos. Bye now. Bye now. Bye now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us facebook.com backslash the curioso podcast check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast you can also check out our videos youtube.com backslash curioso podcast on the left hand side of the curioso.com you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link and if you're a real curioso we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. Uh, And uh, uh, also, is the the thing with the... If I throw up, that's on tape, right?
What, me and Mayplow? Oh, me and Mayplow are like this. I've heard. Yeah, no. May, may plow my oranges, please. 